0: and don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: You can turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, The Missing Person, part 2. Why do people have problems with the gifts of the Spirit? Well, I can tell you why I had a problem with it. First of all, because I, I was taught that. Second of all, because I was warned about it. And third, I, I never had experienced anything like that in my, in my personal life, so my own experience kind of dictated that. And, and lastly, I was afraid of it. But then I had a problem with the gifts, because if, if this is something that the Bible truly says is going to happen, then that's something that I should also be experiencing in my own life. Now, as I mentioned, I picked up this book about the gifts of the Spirit. I got ahead of myself and started talking about that too early. But I picked up this gift about the, fruit, or the gifts of the Spirit, saying it wasn't for today and quoting all these people and experiences from you know, people that are on the fringe of the Pentecostal and charismatic movements that you know, do some strange things and beg for a lot of money and promise you riches if you send your money to them. And easy targets for somebody to make a biblical argument against the gifts of the Spirit. He didn't quote anybody reputable, but then he did use a passage to back up his argument that the gifts were not for today, and that was in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You can turn there, please. Keep your finger in Acts 2. Sorry. Keep your finger in Acts 2. We'll be back there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And of course, you know this as the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it's not provoked, thinks no evil, believes all things, you know, all that, all that beautiful stuff. Love, we use this during weddings and things like that. But it's really speaking about the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit is what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But in this passage, at the end, it gives us some information about the gifts of the Spirit that they, there is going to come a time when they are going to stop. The gifts of the Spirit will stop. And he says that here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So this passage shows that, that love is superior to the gifts But when that which is perfect has come, there will be no longer a need for the gifts. Now the argument goes like this. And this is what this scholar said. He said, that which is perfect is the word of God. In its original languages, that was canonized for us or decided upon this. These are the biblical books at the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century. And basically, they said, these are the books of the Bible, and I agree with what they chose, and I agree that it is perfect, I believe that it is perfect in its original text, but is that what this is talking about? And that basically, the argument is, now that we have the Bible, we no longer need the gifts of the Spirit, as if this completely you know, nullifies that. And so, you know, this is the argument I'd heard growing up, and it made enough sense to me, I suppose, as a kid, before I was saved. But now I'm faced with a new dilemma. Is that which is perfect the Bible that he's talking about here? I heard one teacher say, no, that which is perfect is when Jesus comes back and, and his perfect kingdom is established on the earth and we no longer need the gifts of the Spirit because we have Jesus right there. And we can, everybody will know each other and it will be, everybody, everything will be understood and we'll be able to hear the voice of God in our head and so we won't need any of this. And so, which is true? Actually, it's not very hard to discern that. You just have to keep reading. Notice. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. How are we to enter the kingdom of heaven? Like a child, child, right? So when we enter the kingdom of heaven like a child, then we will no longer be what? A child. We'll come to full maturity at that point, won't we? We'll be resurrected. Anyway, that's not really the point. Notice this. Verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, when that which is perfect has come, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And so this is what I tell anybody who gives this argument that the gifts aren't for today, that the, what is perfect is the Bible. And I say, if that is true, then why are we having this conversation? If we still, if we no longer see through our memory dimly, if we know even as we are known, why are we having this conversation? And every single person I've ever had come to me with this argument, I've been able to convince just by reading it. They're like, oh, I guess you're right. We still have confusion about this stuff, don't we? Again, I, I think that we need to put our hands on our charismatic brothers and sisters, our hands on our non-charismatic brothers and sisters, and, and help them to just see balance in this whole thing. You know, not to go to the fringe, like the church of, of Corinth, but just to find the middle. And, and really where we can find the middle is there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Notice this, it says, verse 13, Now abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is Tongues. Oh, excuse me. Is that what it says? No, it says the greatest of these is love. Beautiful. Jesus will come and establish his kingdom. He will establish a perfect kingdom, and at that time there will be no more gifts. But from here on out, we need to abide in him. So Peter ends his sermon in Acts chapter 2 with a call to repentance, if you can turn to Acts chapter 2. One more evidence. Verse 37 it says, Now when they heard this, this is all the Elamites and the Parthians and Medes and all, from Cappadocia, all the Romans, all the Judeans, all the people that were there. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. The Holy Spirit. Notice this, verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to as many as the Lord God will call. And we're pretty far off here in Emmett, aren't we? So having established that, that the gifts of the Spirit are for everyone up until the end of the age. There are three main things I want to discuss this, this morning. And one. my hope is to clear up confusion, but my, one is the fruit of the Spirit. Second is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the third is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing, the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus says this. And notice, notice who he's, he's saying. And this, he's saying this to his disciples, but notice who he's talking about. He says, beware of false prophets. That means that there will be people who prophesy falsely. There will be people who manifest gifts of the Spirit falsely. We'll see that. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes into thorn bushes or figs into thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree, I'm in Matthew chapter 7, and verse 18, if I didn't tell you that, sorry. Matthew 7, verse 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, notice this, have we not prophesied, these are the false prophets, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. Now, thinking about that, you'd say, man, that guy's ministry is fruitful. He raised people from the dead. He casts out demons. He did all this stuff. He's saying, that's not fruit. And I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, who practice, you who practice lawlessness. Okay, so here's an interesting thing. Remember what we talked about last week, John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. It's having a relationship with Him. That's what eternal life is. To know Him. To know Him is to love Him. And I do, and I do, and I do, right? to know God, and notice what he says to these, you did all these things in my name, but I do not what? Know you. Depart from me who practice lawlessness. That's a scary thing. So that means that people can manifest supernatural things evidently, but not have fruit. And fruit is what I want to talk about. Now, as we saw last time, there's three experiences that a believer has with the Holy Spirit. The first is... Remember Jesus said in John chapter 14, the spirit is with you, but shall be in you. He uses two prepositions. He's para, with you, but he shall be en in you. And that happens at the moment of conversion. A person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit's been with them, convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and showing the things of Jesus to them. They are convicted of their sin, they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and at the moment of conversion, the Spirit comes and lives inside of them. In, in fact, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse three, that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So they cannot have the Holy Spirit unless they believe.